Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the PCOS Girls. I am Bridget and I am here with the lovely, wonderful, gorgeous, radiant, amazing mother, Mel. (laughs) (laughs) I never get tired of your intros. (laughs) I'm going to say it every time. (laughs) I always like, I'm like, I repeat the same thing all the time, but it's just so true. I've got to, I've got to just praise you for the amazing gal that you are. (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to have to up my intro game because you know, I feel the same way about you. (laughs) (laughs) oh sure you do no um well we we're pumped today we've got a really cool app I'm really excited for this app because it's Mm -hmm. something that has definitely affected my life on a personal level Mm -hmm. so it's um very relevant to me we're going to be talking about basically androgens and within androgens testosterone is a big one and what it does like what are the signs and symptoms to be looking for when you've got an androgen excess? How we can treat it on a, uh, like, a, I guess, a more a natural level, on a really holistic level, but then also coming down to some really simple treatments that you can kind of do at home to help combat it as well. So just like, it's like basically we're just talking about androgens on every single level that you could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, I hope it's what you guys are after because I know we both get lots and lots of messages about this one. So, and it's just so pretty prevalent in PCOS. It's just, I mean, it's one of the like diagnostic defining factors. So um, I'm sure there's many, many people who are listening who are experiencing this. And I think we've got really, it it can be experienced in really different ways. Like you and I have experienced it in really different ways. So yeah, we're going to get into all of that. But what's been going on? How have you been? Um, good, 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 good. Just like, you know, getting through the day. No, I've been really good. I, well, I launched my bath salts last week, which was so exciting. (laughs) And oh my gosh, it's been like such a drainer doing this because this was the first product I've done that's not like a herb, herb related product. So um, it was a really, really different process Mm. and I didn't realize how different it was. So there was a big, uh, a lot of work involved, but I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. The only downside has been that I realized sort of just before launching it, and I almost decided not to launch it for this reason, but went with it anyway, because they're so heavy, like they're mm-hmm. literal salts, right? Yeah. It costs too much money to ship overseas. Mm. So I had to make the call, do I just make this product available in Australia or do I now completely like change what I'm doing and work out or or, like one, do I get rid of the product completely and just not do it or do I see how I can do this overseas as well. So what I ended up deciding was I'm just going to launch it here in Australia, mm-hmm. see what the response was, and yeah. then if the response was great, I'll then now look at how I can do the same product internationally so that it doesn't cost everyone. It was literally going to cost like $30 to ship it from Australia to the US. Wow. So it just like wasn't was not worth it at all because that's more expensive than the actual product itself. So, so I guess um, you'd have anyway, to yeah. find somebody overseas to make it. Is that right? Is that is that yes. your future? <laughs> Literally, that would be what's happened, which is yeah. sort of in line, like it's sort of hard because I'm very, very big on having everything made in Australia just because mm. our quality standards are so much higher. Like they're mm. just the, basically the highest in the world. We're like really, wow. really good with that. But this is when I'm talking about herbs and you know, when I'm doing my herbal blends and all that kind of thing. So it's a little bit different, I guess, when you're talking about bath salts. And my bath salts are very specific because they do, they are the hormone balancing bath salts. Um, so mm. they've got all these products and they're not just magnesium salts. You know, we've got the Himalayan yeah. salt in there. We've got the Australian organic clay. Um, mm-hmm. The essential oils that I'm using are really specific for hormone balance. So 
that's why like for me having it done here was really important mm. however what i because i own the recipe to these baskets if i can find the exact ingredients over there i essentially would just have to find a manufacturer to then use the recipe and replicate what i'm creating yeah. um which shouldn't be an issue when it comes to quality and things like that mm-hmm. so yeah but it's just a process so, i mean like it's it just have- a process <laughs> and also i'm not over there so it's a real yeah. like i can't get over there so it's a real yeah. real tricky thing but i've also been i mean i'm i'm getting like into a bit of business talk now i guess but we <laughs> i've finally found a warehouse in the us that i'm really happy with so very mm. soon um I will be shipping I've basically sent all of my products currently over to, except for the bath salts, over to the warehouse over there. Mm-hmm. And soon I'll be able to ship everything directly to everywhere else in the world for obviously a much, much cheaper shipping price and, mm-hmm. and it'll get to them way quicker as well. So I'm heading in this direction anyway. Like yeah. the products are all going to be done here still, well, the teas anyway. And so I know that the quality is really great and I still have complete control over it. However, I'm going to be making it much more accessible for the rest of the world, which is really really exciting for me and something I've been wanting for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we first even ever spoke to each other, we were talking about this. So <laughs> that's been a huge process Yeah, really? For you. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. So that's a huge process. Like it's hard to, when you're not there, it's hard <laughs> to figure that stuff out. Oh yeah. And <laughs> do you know what I was, cause my, I have another business obviously, which is obviously not in this world at all. It's a, mo- a modeling agency, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I launched into LA with that business um, about two years ago and we had to pull the pin on it because of COVID and, like, oh. I was travelling back and forth quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we weren't because just before COVID happened, there everything started to go into lockdown. Well, so as COVID was happening, everything went to lockdown and um, it just made me realise, like, how logistically if you can't get over there, how much harder things are to do as well wow. like if you're not on the ground over there yeah I didn't realize that you'd have such to do a that. different world yeah yeah well we're still there it's just obviously not running because right. nothing can run over at the moment so because yeah. <laughs> no one's allowed to be near each other no. um, which tricky is times issue. anyway <laughs> <laughs> but look Such your bath salts are so beautiful like they're the prettiest <laughs> like not they're only so are they hormone balancing <laughs> but they're so pretty I was like, that was literally when we were going through, um, I had like a bunch of samples. They, the, my, uh, the person who blends them for me, he sent me through like a whole bunch of different samples and I, and he, he kept putting, you have to, to, so that they don't, I guess, start dissolving because of the oil and stuff, you have to put in a, uh, like a, ingredient that's going to stop that from happening and a lot of people use like synthetic ingredients but we found that you can use tapioca flour and that stops it from all dissolving but anyway so at the beginning though we didn't realize it and he was putting all these weird like flowers and stuff in there so I was getting it and you couldn't even see the pink speckles on it because it was so covered in this like gross flower (laughs) and I was like I don't care if it's amazing. It doesn't look pretty. <laughs> no one will use it if it doesn't look pretty. So he unfortunately had to work out a way how to do it, but we did it and it looks amazing. So oh, I'm super really happy does. and it smells amazing. Anyway, oh. I'm going to start talking about me now. How are you? <laughs> what have you been doing? I know you've had an exciting launch yourself. I have, yeah, it's, which is just crazy given how like wild my life is right now. And amongst it all, <laughs> I've just been tapping away writing this fertility guide, which, yeah, I managed yeah. Did you write that before, Alma, or after? I started writing it in November, so, like, right towards the end of being pregnant with Alma. I was actually, like... Matt and I were on a baby moon, you know, just like the two of us away oh for a gosh. weekend before our family grows. And yeah, it was like, I think we were there for three nights. And on the second day, I was like, I know that like we're on a holiday and all of that, but I just feel suddenly like super compelled to write. I like, I just, I just really want to start. I just came up with this idea. Like I want to write this guide. And he's like, oh, that's fine. And so I just like sat out on this beautiful veranda and I just like poured out of me and I I thought I'm I was like Matt I think I could release this guide in like two weeks I think I'm just gonna smash this out (laughs) (laughs) and then once I started writing like uh, all these other ideas would come to me and it ended up you know taking about four months or something (laughs) but um, it just grew it ended up being like 30,000 words I'm like hmm should this just be a book I don't know but no I, I decided to just leave it there and it's basically like just me I've looked back 
at the pregnancies that I've had and how I've gotten here. And I've broken this guide up into the the 10 most important things that I've learned about conceiving naturally with PCOS. Mm-hmm. And then what I've done to address each of those things things. So there's heaps of practical stuff in there, lots of self-care stuff and information about supplements and everything, but it's very much my journey and what I've learned. Yeah. So I've got like my story like woven throughout it. So that's the nervous part for me is just like, uh, mm, like I'm just like, like kind your of, personal. Yeah. Just bearing my soul about, you know, my miscarriage and, um, mm. and my pregnancies and not so much the pregnancies themselves, but getting pregnant and just my whole journey. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really like I loved I loved writing it so, so much. It was like, wow, like it was this really big picture overview at, you know, this journey I've had over the last, you know, sort of six years. So, yeah, wow. super, super excited to get it out there. I've had a wonderful response. It's been so, so nice to connect with all these ladies who are on their own fertility journey. So, yeah, I hope it can be helpful. <laughs> but, yeah, time will tell. I'm That's pretty so excited. Exciting. <laughs> well, I've already seen some rave reviews, so I know that it, <laughs> people are absolutely loving it. And I think it's like such a much-needed product. Well, do we call it a product? I don't I guess know. So. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's such a – it's a really different perspective on fertility, but still so relevant. Like it's not different perspective. It's sort of, I don't know how to explain it. Like a really personal, personal is yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like well, As opposed to just like step by step. It's like, yeah. no, this is like literally what I went through and what I've done. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health professional. So yeah. it's not, I, I, I can't write something that's like do this and I wouldn't want to because I don't I no. almost don't think anyone can because you're you and there's different reasons for why um you might be struggling with fertility so this is just the things that I've learned um and I mean a lot of it is helpful for PCOS in general like if even if you're not trying mm-hmm. to conceive Definitely. It's, a, it's a helpful pe- like guide but yeah just I guess I really wanted to cover as much information as I could as well to help to to address the fact that we're not all the same. I did, you know, it's yeah. not something that says do this then do that because it can't be like we're all so different. So it's got all different information about different modalities that I've learned about from Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, all of that sort of stuff I that we that. talk about on here and Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just it's I, I hope that it's very encouraging and inspiring and motivating and that I, like I really do believe that by the end of it you would have direction like this is what I need to do, this is where I need to go, this is who I need to talk to and this is what I need to find out about myself to mm-hmm. get my fertility into a better position. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, you. Yeah, I know that it's a lot of love and labor that goes into that so well done thank you (laughs) this episode is brought to you by sisterhood tea hi guys it's bridget warren the founder of pcos to wellness and creator of sisterhood tea sisterhood tea is a powerful blend of herbs that has been specifically created by me to help other women like me who may be experiencing the many frustrating symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, which affect so many women. Every ingredient in sisterhood is 100% natural and has a purpose. And most importantly, the ratio of each herb has been carefully weighed out to ensure the perfect amount is added into each bag to make it an easy and accessible way for you to manage your symptoms every day. And don't worry, I promise it tastes nice too. Sisterhood tea is a powerful holistic alternative and is suitable for all women, but has been specifically designed to help support women who may be experiencing symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, women who've been on the contraceptive pill or are coming off the contraceptive pill, problematic skin conditions such as acne and dermatitis, fertility issues, weight management, hair loss and hirsutism, moodiness, bloating and menstrual cramps, and of course, regulating the menstrual cycle. Sisterhood tea is 100% natural, organically grown where possible, vegan, and hand-blended and packaged in Australia. 
The results and hundreds of testimonials for Sisterhood Tea are honestly just incredible. And some of the most inspiring stories include clearing up stubborn acne, growing back hair loss, regulating their period, and even successful pregnancies after years of trying everything else. We call them our little sisterhood babies. So if you want to find out more about Sisterhood Tea or read some more of the amazing testimonials, head over to PCOSToWellness.com where I ship worldwide. All right, let's do this. Testosterone, androgens. <laughs> why do they plague us? All the us? things. <laughs> yeah, why do they plague us? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, when you talk about androgens and testosterone, like essentially, mm. basically who anyone who has hyperandrogenism most likely has PCOS. Like yes. when obviously women, not yes. just men as well. But, yeah, like that's the sort of – that's how common it is in women who have PCOS. And mm-hmm. it, as you mentioned, it's one of the defining criteria for having PCOS. And that yeah. is having high antigens, having an irregular or absent menstrual cycle. And oh my God, oh, I've just totally forgot. Polycystic oh, ovaries. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> stupid. That's so dumb. I can't believe I just did that. Because do you know why I always forget that one? Because you don't need it. And yeah. so I just like it all the time. <laughs> totally. um, but yeah, so it's like for me, for example, I never was checked if I had polycystic ovaries, but I had high antigen levels and I had absent menstrual cycles. So what were your ones that you were diagnosed I had with? polycystic ovaries and an absent menstrual cycle. I didn't have you heightened androgens at the time. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know that actually. Um, well, I, I didn't know in this. saying that, they—that's assuming they even checked them all because I don't. Mm. I've never had high testosterone. In fact, the only androgen that's ever been high for me is one called DHEA. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if that doctor tested for that because I didn't know to look for that back then. I didn't even know to ask for a copy of my test results back then. So yeah, right. Who knows? Crazy, huh? Yeah. But for and you. I think- it was more mm, testosterone, sorry. hey? Yeah, testosterone. Well, yeah, testosterone, specifically the free testosterone, which is the stuff that's floating around in your system, not being used or, you know, causing a bit of havoc. So that was the big issue. Um, yeah. There are quite a few. The reason we refer to testosterone a lot is because that's the one that a lot of people know in the androgen t- types, you know, the different mm-hmm. types of androgens. That's the one that gets most commonly referred to and is the one that quite often causes or is the cause of a lot of the symptoms um, in terms of PCOS. But there's mm-hmm. quite a lot of other androgens as well that mm-hmm. can have, you know, cause issues. So the other one that you mentioned, Mel, was the DHEA, but there's mm-hmm. also DHEAS as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. There's DHT, which you've probably heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's crazy. Um, That's actually – I. To be honest, I only just recently learned about how this one works. I don't know if you're already all over this, but like the testosterone that you have turns into DHT and Mm -hmm. DHT is like way more potent than testosterone and is really driving all those symptoms. I just did not. Yes. I've read about it, but it's like it didn't click in my brain. uh, Till recently. It's not spoken about much because mm. everyone just goes testosterone, testosterone, but like Generally speaking, like testosterone probably isn't what's causing the really nasty symptoms. It's when it's get converted to DHT and that's when you start to see like the hair loss mm. and, you know, all these really severe, more, more severe symptoms. Mm. But, yeah, it's a really interesting one. Like highly recommend going and doing a bit of research into DHT if you are suffering from the the symptoms of having high androgens um mm. but yeah it's it's like that like there's quite a few i'm not going to read them all out one because they're really difficult to say um, but two there's <laughs> quite a few others so, but but you know there are just to be aware i guess it was to make a point that it's not just testosterone that mm. is um classified as an androgen and i think a lot of people as well think androgens and testosterones are two different things but actually testosterone is a type of androgen yeah absolutely which so is you go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what you're uh, saying. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, if you are going to get, you want to get these tested, don't just ask for testosterone. Like, ask for your, yes. your androgens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> ask for the full panel of androgens. And, like, on testing, there's actually two different why- ways that hyperandrogenism, hyperandrogenism <laughs> can be classified. One of those is clinical and the other is biochemical. And either of those can be used to qualify someone as having PCOS. So the clinical hyperandrogenism is basically when there are visible signs and symptoms that indicate that there's 
uh, probably higher production of androgens than you would like to see. Mm -hmm. That's when you physically see things like the acne, the hair loss, the hirsutism, you know, all of those symptoms that we know are linked to having high androgens. And then on the biochemical level, that's when you've actually had a blood test that shows you have abnormally high levels of androgens floating around the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of two ways that can be done. And a lot of the time, I find doctors, if you, this is why if you don't have the symptoms, they often kind of discount it immediately mm. because they go, well, you don't have those physical symptoms, like there's no need to do a test or whatever. But that's not the case. You can still have high levels of antigens without having a lot of the symptoms. So yeah. just keep that in mind as well, that it's all, that's why it's always good to get a blood test to confirm things. You can really advocate for that. Like um, you, yeah. abs- like if you look at the, how PCOS is diagnosed, like we were just talking about with the absent period or a long cycle, uh, polycystic ovaries and the hyperandrogenism, like in the guidelines, it says that can be clinical or or biochemical. So you can absolutely Mm. request from your doctor to test you if they're dismissing you because they can't see symptoms. You can say, but the guidelines Mm -hmm. state that it doesn't have to be seen physically and that you need to test me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Like that's such a good point. Mm. And yeah, always, I just think like always try and get blood tests if you can and then always ask for a copy of them as well because (laughs) actually this leads really well into the next point I wanted to make is there's ranges of like what is considered normal by your GP, Mm -hmm. like hormone ranges. However, (laughs) it's really important to note that normal doesn't mean optimal when it comes to these ranges. So if you're experiencing symptoms or you think that there's something still not quite right, get your test results and go and get a second opinion and have it read by someone else, maybe an alternative health practitioner, and maybe it's, I don't know, just someone else who you feel like might look at them more in depth because mm. I know from firsthand experience that I've had doctors say to me, oh, you're within you're within the normal range and then I've had a naturopath read my results and they're like, yeah, you're within the normal range, but the normal range is so vast and spans so greatly mm. that you're actually nowhere near the optimal level. And that's that's the issue is that you can be considered normal and still still that's not necessarily optimal and and you can still be getting symptoms because of that. A hundred percent. I just want to say like, I love the normal is not optimal thing that you say so much. (laughs) It's so perfect. (laughs) It's just so perfect. I've actually like quoted you in something where I've been like, my good friend Bridget from PCOS to Wellness, as she says, (laughs) normal is not optimal. (laughs) I just love it so much. It's just so Uh, true. And it's just perfectly said. I I want a t-shirt that says normal is not optimal. (laughs) Oh my gosh, should we do merch? Oh my god. <laughs> I would so buy that. I love that. Uh, no. Well, but it's so true. And it's um I think it, it's really simplistic way of looking at it as well. Like, okay, let me give you an example of when we're talking about ranges. Yeah. Okay. So okay, what's a really dramatic one? All right. So let's say, let's just talk about total testosterone. Mm-hmm. So this is what the normal range is. The normal range should be between six point zero. Mm-hmm. And 86 nanograms per deciliter. Okay. Huge. Huge. That is a huge range. (laughs) Yeah. And so they'll say, you know, that, oh, women will have high testosterone levels. But, like, between 6 and 86, that's a very, very, very broad range. Mm. However, when you look at something like free testosterone, it's going to give you a slightly better picture because the ranges are um, a bit smaller. So free testosterone, which is the stuff I said is floating around your system mm-hmm. and, and not being used, mm-hmm. um, is usually between 0.7 and 3.6 mm. picograms. Yeah. I'm probably saying that completely wrong, per <laughs> milliliter. Okay. So the and the free testosterone levels is what's usually usually elevated in PCOS. So you right. would be at the either the higher end of that or off the scale of that. You yep. know, you'd be above three point six. Yep, yep, yep. But I guess if yeah. the total testosterone, if you were sitting up on eighty and the range is eighty six, mm-hmm. a doctor would say mm-hmm. that's normal. But maybe normal, normal. You're fine. Good to go. Yep. Yeah. But it's Not clearly like right towards the top. And that's the other thing, yeah. like our hormones fluctuate. That's a funny thing about blood tests, like they're a snapshot yes. of yeah. time. So if you're up on towards the top of a range, like it, I guess it's yeah. sort of you could presume that you might float around that range. 
Yeah. And that's like another really good sign of a good practitioner is that they will say, they will take note of what cycle day you're on Mm. and then be able to use that when they're interpreting your results as well, because they'll be able to tell like, okay, with this phase of your cycle, you might have higher levels of this hormone or whatever. So Mm -hmm. that's another really good thing to take note if they ask you that, because it means that they are looking at it at a much more in-depth detail. Totally. So Mm. in terms of like, I think a funny thing about having high testosterone or high androgens is like, that's a symptom. I feel like we don't Mm. all understand this um, initially. Um, I know I didn't. Like that's a symptom of something, like something is causing that to happen. And I know for me, like in addressing anything with PCOS or fertility, I like to look at how can I treat what's causing my symptoms, like that more long-term addressing the root cause. But also at the same time, I want to treat the symptoms specifically so I can have some more immediate relief. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just quickly, some of the causes of, of high testosterone and high androgens um, is insulin resistance, which so many of us are dealing with. Um, it's a big one. Also yeah. elevated luteinizing hormone to follicle stimulating hormone ratio. And mm-hmm. I think I'll go into that a little bit in a bit. But um, another one which is really interesting is stress. And stress doesn't cause an increase in all of those antigens, but just a few specific ones. And this is really interesting to me because mm-hmm. it causes my specific ones. So when you're stressed, you can release this hormone, hormone with a really long name, but it can also be called ACTH. And ACTH is a hormone that's responsible for stimulating the release of cortisol, um, but it also stimulates some androgens and they are DHEA, DHEAS, and this other one that I, I'm scared to pronounce. It's like androstenedione. <laughs> Dorion? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, you can just call it A4. Everyone calls that A4 apparently. Do in they? The world, well, so you just God say damn, A4. Why yeah. didn't I find that one? <laughs> <laughs> so if you find that your test results show that either of those androgens are heightened, that can actually be stress that's driving that. So that's really interesting for me to know because DHEA is the only androgen that I've ever have have ever seen that's heightened for me. Mm. So that's really interesting. It is, hey. Yeah. Yeah, but I know, you know, there's there's quite a few things that can be driving um testosterone. Yeah. Like, yeah, like even more dietary things and Yeah, absolutely. But they they're also in the case of high antigens as well, it is important that we rule out a couple of other things because generally speaking most likely high antigens are going to be linked to PCOS. Mm-hmm. However, in some cases, you might have very rare cases, it could be linked to tumors. Mm. It could also be linked to something called congenital adrenal hyperplasia as well. So it's important to, that's why it is important to go do these tests and just make sure that you rule those out. Mm. And then you can start to look at root causes. And that's generally when we're going into looking at things in terms of, I guess, like the lifestyle and uh, other things that we're talk- going to talk about now. So But, yeah, just to make a note on that, there can be other reasons other than PCOS that you might find you've got high um, high levels of androgens floating around your system. The other one can be as well, which is really, really common, is coming off the contraceptive pill, Mm. which is when you might get post-pill PCOS, which is something that Lara Bryden talks about quite a lot. And so that's when you have sort of this short-term PCOS, but your androgen levels are really high, specifically testosterone levels. And so you'll get all these PCOS symptoms, but as your body starts to rebalance and detoxify again and get that at that hormones out of your system, you will go back to normal. And if it remains, that's when you probably do have true PCOS. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I feel like you've questioned that before, like, because I know your symptoms really hit you when you came off the pill. Yeah. So you must yes. have suspected I definitely that. thought. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was told that, you know, when you came off the pool, it's really, really common to have all these symptoms. And they said, you know, give it three to six months and you should sort of be back to normal. And 
that those first, you know, three, six months were really horrible. And I had very, 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 very intense um, symptoms. Like my body was going through this enormous detoxification phase, trying to get everything Mm. out of my symptoms, uh, sorry, out of my system. Mm. However, what I found was after the six months, I still was dealing with a lot of the symptoms. They hadn't gone. And you sort of, I sort of got to like the eight month mark and I thought, okay, no, this definitely should be starting to get better now. (laughs) I still had no sign of having a menstrual cycle, still Mm. had acne still had hair loss, all those things. So that's when I kind of knew like, okay, I think this is more than just coming off the pill. Mm -hmm. And then if I flashed back to when I was put on the pill, it was because I didn't have a menstrual cycle and I was dealing with what we thought was just teenage acne. But turns out it probably was linked to having PCOS. So yeah, that's how you can kind of work out if it's linked to having been on the contraceptive pill or if it is that you do have true PCOS and there's something more there. That's so good to know. And I think too, like um, another really big, I guess, symptom of having these the high testosterone, high androgens is difficulty ovulating. And that can be caused by a whole bunch of different hormone imbalances. Mm. But if you're mm. having difficulty ovulating, but you don't have those typical high androgen symptoms like acne or hirsutism or any of that, still get mm. a blood test of your androgens because it can, it mm. can be presenting in that way. It can be making it hard for you to ovulate. So definitely want yeah. to check oh. out. Totally. I was just going to say there are like, I, I'll just quickly tell you some other signs and symptoms because obviously yes. we've talked about acne, we've talked about hair loss, talked about her pseudonym, but there are a couple of others that can also be linked as well. So mm-hmm. um, oh, I'm not going to say this right, but <laughs> acanthiosis nick nigriacans. <laughs> I just completely butchered that. But if you've had it, you'll understand what you'll know what I'm talking about. It's those rough, dark, pigmented areas on your skin. And they they're really obvious if you've had one before. I've never had one, but I had a friend who have had has had one and it just looks like a really almost looks like a dermatitis an mm-hmm. ex type thing, but it's darker than mm. your actual skin pigment. Mm-hmm. Another one is high blood pressure, insulin resistance, which is, you know, very, very common. Mm-hmm. Fat storage around the mid-abdomen. And this is actually something else I experienced because although I am what is considered lean PCOS, mm-hmm. when my symptoms were really bad and I wasn't, I didn't understand what was going on and I wasn't doing the correct things to help manage my PCOS, I noticed that I started to gain a fair bit of weight around just like my abdomen, my tummy area, which I'd never really experienced before. Mm. And so that for me was a really interesting thing because I knew that this wasn't normal for me. And even when I explained that to my doctor, he said, oh, you're not overweight. And I said, no, but I have gained some weight around my abdomen. He kind of was like, well, you look fine to me, you know, Mm. no big issue there. But I noticed it and it is a sign, particularly with women who have lean PCOS, to look out for as well if you just start to notice a little bit of weight gain around the mid-abdomen area. So Mm. that's another one. Obviously, irregular absent menstrual cycles. This is a kind of an interesting one as well. Mm-hmm. Enlargement of the clitoris. Oh, I read and that. Another yeah. interesting one is deep or hoarse voice, which is, mm. yeah, I guess kind of makes sense because when you think of males who have a lot more testosterone than us, mm. they have deeper voices than us too. So totally. they, th- yeah, so there's a couple of the more unknown signs and symptoms of having elevated androgens. Yeah, another random one that I found out about was a decrease in breast size. Oh, yeah, I have heard that too. Yeah, that seems very random as well. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense sense. again. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Okay, so I guess we should launch into some treatments, hey? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. what you're here for. (laughs) Oh, and trust me, I've tried a lot of them. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) strap yourself in, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done? Like what are are your go-tos? Okay, so honestly for me, if I'm being real, I have never focused on treating my androgens. Not really. Mm. Aside from mm-hmm. spearmint tea. Spearmint tea is the only mm-hmm. thing I've ever done. And that's a very powerful thing to do. So I shouldn't have said I've never focused on it. <laughs> I yeah. clearly have. Yeah. It's such a good one. It's been shown to reduce testosterone by up to 30%. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Very, very Massive. effective. But aside from that, I've just never focused on it ever. I've always been Mm. more focused on other hormones for me, like specifically the luteinizing hormone um, that 
LH-FSH ratio in the beginning um, was out for me. Yeah. So that was where my focus went. And then more recently, it was the low estrogen that I focused on. Yeah, but I definitely have some written down here that I want to go over. But I feel like you've got some really good like lifestyle ones. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was opposite to you, Mal, where yep. my androgens were a really big deal for me and yep. were really, I guess, causing me a lot of grief. So mm-hmm. I really focused and honed in on that on many different levels. So some of the things that I did, well, one, the basically the first thing I did was I worked out, there's a lot of research that shows that PCOS creates like chronic low-grade inflammation throughout our bodies. And mm-hmm. so if you can focus on those more anti-inflammatory foods, it's going to have a direct impact on your symptoms and it also can have a direct impact on your blood sugar regulation as well. So that's something that I focused on straight away. So I cut out foods that were inflammatory and mm-hmm. it's actually quite simple to do in theory, but reality is it's quite hard because you it's going to affect you on many levels, I found particularly on like social levels. Yes. Um, but for me, like cutting things out like refined sugar was quite easy because I didn't eat a lot of refined sugar anyway, but that is a big one that you will want to look at or consider reducing or cutting out. Uh, oils that are really inflammatory, so, you know, your more high-processed oils, not not your good ones, the, the ones that a lot of fried foods and things like that are um, cooked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, another one was gluten. Uh, which I've just done a big blog post about. So you can go and read that if you're interested in why or why not that might be an issue for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, dairy, which is for me another one I decided to cut out. It's not inflammatory for everyone, but for me it was really inflammatory. So Mm -hmm. cut that out as well. Generally it's the A1 casein that's uh, quite inflammatory for some people, but I just cut it out completely. Mm-hmm. High GI foods, again, that's we're talking like we, you know, that's your sugars and your really processed foods. And alcohol was another one. So mm-hmm. alcohol was probably the hardest one for me. Not that I drank a lot of alcohol, I really didn't. I probably had one or two glasses a week, but I always had it in social settings. So mm-hmm. cutting that out was, you know, it's just a, a, something I had to change my lifestyle. I also cut out caffeine, which was another, I guess, hard one to do, you know, hard for your lifestyle, but I replaced it with chai. And now I've got my own chai, which is the caffeine free chai as well. So mm-hmm. I think I didn't realize for so long that chai had caffeine in it, yeah, which fully. is what I was trying to avoid. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we, we live and we learn. Yep. So yeah, that was, I guess, the, you know, there's some of the anti, oh, sorry, there's some of the inflammatory foods, which you might want to consider cutting out. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I really tried to boost my whole foods, my like my plant-based whole foods. Like you can't have too many good whole foods. There's no such thing really. Like mm. I really like the mentality of crowding out. So mm. that's when you start to add in more and more, you know, of these beautiful plant foods into your diet and that Mm -hmm. might you might not completely eliminate everything else but because you're adding more of these in you inevitably don't have as much of the bad stuff when I say bad you know not Mm -hmm. might not be bad but you know those stuff that you're trying to avoid Mm -hmm. so you know and also if you can in that like choosing low GI sources of fruit like Mm -hmm. your berries which are really really low GI and they're not going to spike your sugar level levels and then over time you might find you can bring in some of those different fruits that you might like I know a lot of people avoid bananas because they're they're not super um, low GI Mm -hmm. but over time you might find your body starts to be able to accommodate those a bit better but if you're just in the beginning like I was and I just kind of was like I just want to get I just want to start seeing some changes Mm -hmm. this is when you might want to consider you know sticking to a low GI diet and and adding in as many plant-based whole foods as you possibly can Mm -hmm. and also making sure that each meal is really well-rounded so that you've got a fat with it, protein and fiber, because that's going to help really keep your blood sugar regulated. So that's, I guess, on a diet mm-hmm. level. Yeah. And obviously that sounds easy, but it's a bit harder to do in reality. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I found to be really helpful was just doing really regular gentle exercise. In fact, there was a study that showed doing a moderate intense exercise helped reduce androgens, testosterone and free testosterone. So that is, I mean, it's, it is proven to help. And I think specifically things like yoga, you know, that is proven to help with that. So you might want to consider those more lower intensity 
ways of exercising and just adding those in. And as we know, if you're doing the real high intensity exercises, that can actually increase cortisol, Mm -hmm. which can then throw everything out again. So Mm -hmm. just finding what works for you and what doesn't. Um, And for me, that was things like yoga and Pilates and walking and swimming and all that kind of thing. And also scheduling in rest days as well. You don't need to work out every single day. That's just not, it's such a myth. Yeah, like just making sure you are doing what works for you and your body. And then I know you're going to talk a bit about this, Mel, but like managing stress was a really, really big one for me. Um, I'll I'll let you talk a bit more about that because I know that that's a big one on on your list. Mm -hmm. And gut health was another massive one for me. So what can happen in women who have PCOS is that we often have um, compromised gut microbiota, which can result in dysbiosis, which is basically then linked back to having inflammation, which is then linked to having increased androgens. So just making sure you're adding in lots of fermented and fiber-rich foods, which are going to help with get, making sure you're getting lots of pre and probiotics. And then on top of that, you might want to consider actually adding in a really good quality pre and probiotic as well, which is what I did just because I knew that my gut health was um, quite compromised after being on the pill for so long and also having been on um, antibiotics for my skin as well. And then another one which really helped me was improving my sleep, which I just think Mm. is so underrated and so, so, so important. (laughs) And just making sure you get eight to 10 hours of quality rest. I mean, nowadays that's not actually a realistic option for me. I know that's not a realistic option for you, Mel. Anyone who has (laughs) kids will probably tell you that. But when you're in this phase, um, if you have the ability to get a really, really good night's sleep, please, please, please do it. It is so important. It's vital for women who have high androgens because it helps to regulate our cortisol and it's going to help reduce inflammation. So creating a little sleep routine like is what I did and I just would make sure that I set myself up for a night. So my sleep routine was always, you know, have a cup of tea or have a really nice magnesium bath with your bath salts, read a book, turn your light off, uh, turn your phone off, you know, half an hour to an hour before you go to bed and then set up these good sleep habits and I promise you you'll have a really good night's sleep and it's going to help you so much more than you can think. It's just like these are these sort of free things that you can do that are so powerful yeah. and I think we forget about them so much. So it's just I back guess to basics, they're the main ones. Yes, back to basics and we fit like – I think we're, we're so busy, you know, we're always so busy, like yeah. we always say. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like this is our health and if we don't do these small things, then like we're sort of wasting our money on doing all, all these other things because these are just free things that we should all be doing and they're essential for overall health, but particularly if we're trying to balance our hormones or we're trying to ad- address something that's going on within our body. I've also got a whole bunch of herbs and supplements, but I think I'll just chime in with your list, Mel, because okay. I know you wanted to talk about that as well. Yeah. So I guess, like I mentioned before, I like the idea of approaching treatments in terms of addressing the root and also root cause and also addressing just the symptom so you can have more immediate relief. So it's like a bigger picture Mm -hmm. and more immediate kind of approach. So in terms of the root causes of what's driving these heightened androgens, we've got insulin resistance, elevated LH, stress. And I think you've done really well to cover um, the inflammation side of things, which is just so best addressed by addressing your gut health and your diet, as you said. But with insulin resistance, there's so many, there's so many supplements out there that, that can help. And of course, this is all in conjunction with having a diet that's more supportive of, of your insulin mm. levels, like without a doubt. And I think the most generally accepted approach is a low GI diet, like, like you mentioned. It's just so like you and I are so not diet people anymore. Like we don't like pushing a particular diet or anything. We're all different. But in saying that, I do have to say like a low GI diet is just, it's just good for anybody. It's not, it's not pushing particular foods. It's not like high fat. It's not, it's not, it doesn't even really demonize many foods. It's, it's about balance. So it's a, it's a pretty, if you are wanting like a really good, like some boundaries and structure around your diet, like you want that direction, a low GI diet is a pretty good place to look, I think. I think so too. Mm. And I think as well it also comes back to portion size Mm. because we live in this world, as my mum used to say, portion (laughs) distortion, where (laughs) 
we we eat so much like our plate size is so much bigger than what it was back in the you know back many years ago and like we what a meal is is so much bigger than what mm. it was so if we eat actual you know the correct portion sizes of things we wouldn't have a lot of these issues mm. that we see but so just keep that in mind as well that you know when you go and go out for a meal like that is substantially more food than what you probably need, which Mm. is then going to, you probably are going to be, you know, if you're having grains and things like that, which I'm a huge fan of eating grains Mm. and all that thing. But if you eat too many of them, you are going to get some, you know, issues with your blood sugar regulation. Mm -hmm. So just think simple things like that to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So some of my favorite I guess more supplements for insulin resistance are, I mean, this one's not a supplement, but apple cider vinegar is really great. It's so simple. Like I know it's a bit of a funky taste, but you do get used to it. And like, don't we all do some funky stuff for our health? Like, you know, we do it all the time. (laughs) So this one's so I don't even notice apple cider vinegar anymore. I I just like skull it. It's fine. It it really is. So it's a really good one for insulin resistance, but it's also great for that elevated luteinizing hormone. So if you've got an imbalanced LH-FSH ratio, apple cider vinegar can help with that. Another really underrated one is chromium. I feel like it's not talked about Mm. enough, but it's been studied and it can enhance insulin resistance by up to 30% in people who have a normal weight and up to 38% in people who are overweight within two months, which... Is pretty spectacular, mm. I think. So that's a, yeah. I think, again, these are all things, I'm not telling you to take any of this. You, it's just stuff that you should talk to your health practitioner about. It's just ideas for you to explore. Berberine is another good one, can increase insulin sensitivity. And it also, on a more symptomatic level, it can help to reduce testosterone. So that's a real kind of, that's kind of treating the root and the symptom at the same time. And another one that can do that is the brand that's commonly known as Ovacetol, but basically that mm. myoinositol, dechiroinositol in the 40 to 1 ratio is another really popular ratio. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of luteinizing hormone, there's so many things that can help to balance it. But yeah, two of my favorites are back to that apple cider vinegar, but also the licorice root and peony root in a combination. And again, these are things that like you shouldn't just jump online and try to get like herbs and supplements are powerful guys. Like it's not really about treating yourself. It's about finding someone who'll help you with them. And it's really cool if you can show up to them and be like, oh, I've heard about licorice root. Like, do you think that could work for me? And that's all Bridget and I are ever trying to do is just um, give you information to go to those health practitioners and, you know, get the best help you can get. So yeah, that one's definitely my favorite for luteinizing hormone. And in terms of um, stress being a driver, there's so many things that we can do about stress. For me, it's absolutely, for me, the focus is, is on how can I handle stress better? Because removing stress from your life is not always a, a an option. We can't always leave our job. We can't always, uh, you know, ship off our kids for a week or something to have a break. Like Mm. stress can be in your life and it's more about how you can handle that. And there's so many different approaches to it. And it's all about what, like finding that for you and some ideas are deep breathing. Deep breathing is really helping me at the moment, like Mm. at the moment and in the moment. So when Cody does something with Alma that is just like, makes me want to scream, to be honest, because (laughs) I'm just like, really? Like, oh, but I can't scream because that helps nobody and it definitely doesn't help my body. Deep breathing, walking away, having a little moment to myself really is helping me at the moment. It's actually essential. Mm -hmm. But also there's meditation, mindfulness, relaxation. There's, you know, baths, you know, get those magnesium salts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things that we Go can Go get a massage. Yeah, massage absolutely. There's just I mean, we've talked about it so many times. There's lots of different approaches you can have here. Even just self-massage, just sitting down on the floor, giving yourself a foot mm. massage, something like that. Yoga. There's lots yeah. of different things we can do, but if you're like me at the moment and you feel like you need a bit of help, I've been taking ashwagandha. Mm. And I've been taking it in a little mix from my Ayurvedic practitioner. And um, I, to be honest, I can't even remember what else is in that mix. It's specifically post, it's a postpartum mix. Oh, yeah. But 
oh, it really has helped. Like I actually just ran out of it about two weeks ago and I've had a really quite a tough two weeks. So it, I think it was, oh, I think wow. it was really That's helping so me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so good. That's a good little one if you just want a bit more support and you can get that yourself and I mean I think lots of people would say it's safe to take that like lots of people drink it. Yeah. But also you can talk to a naturopath about that. You can definitely talk to a, an ayurvedic practitioner about because that that's one of their herbs. It's been used in India for thousands and thousands of years. Yes. Yeah, so in terms of causes, I think those are some good ways to address it on a more long-term sort of approach, but just specifically being like, okay, I just want my testosterone and my andro- androgens to decrease. Spearmint tea, we've already mentioned. There's mm-hmm. a supplement called DIM. And again, go talk yes. to a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath about this one. But DIM can actually block your androgen receptors. So if you've got lots of androgens floating around, it can help your body to just not kind of accept their effects. NAC is another one, N-acetylcysteine, mm, I think. NAC, yeah. Yep. NAC, yep. so um, that can improve insulin sensitivity and lower androgens, so that's going to affect you on both sides of like cause and effect. Selenium is a really interesting one. Selenium deficiency is linked with an increase with increased testosterone and increased luteinizing hormone. And studies have found that women with PCOS can have significantly lower levels of selenium. So it's definitely one to consider. A great way to get your selenium um, into a better position is Brazil nuts. Two Brazil nuts a day mm, gives you your daily. Two Brazil yeah. nuts a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like we see it so much on the internet, so many people being like, here's my two Brazil nuts. I never do it. I need to <laughs> I do, do it. I do it a lot. I really need to do <laughs> I think it's oh. because I try to get Koji to eat Brazil nuts, so it prompts me to do it as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, like, of all the nuts, they're not my favourite, oh, but look, I will yeah. do it. Yes. I actually love <laughs> I'll do them. do it for health. <laughs> They're good, but they're so big. Yeah, they are big. They are big. And zinc. Zinc's a really good one. Yeah, um, zinc. Yeah, zinc can help to support our progesterone levels. And progesterone is our, is one of our body's like natural ways of blocking androgens. So it's kind of this really natural approach to helping your body do what it just needs to do. It mm. also reduces the conversion of testosterone to DHT. And DHT is that one we mentioned yeah, before that one. is what testosterone like sort of converts to. And then it's the one doing a lot of causing a lot of those symptoms that we're all struggling with. So zinc can be really wonderful for helping reduce that con- conversion. So they're my conversion. main ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know I just talked yeah, a lot. They're great but, ones. Yeah, they're um, I think you've got no, some No, well. I think, oh, look, you've covered a lot of the ones I was going to say. Zinc is oh. actually the, my my number one that I would recommend. Yeah. Basically, if you're if you're experiencing those visible symptoms of um, high androgens mm. as well, that will probably zinc is probably the first one any practitioner will tell you to take, yeah, because it is going to do all those things that uh, Mel said, and it's also going to be combating inflammation, and it's just sort of like it's a really and we're often deficient in zinc as well when you have PCOS, so yeah, I I highly recommend getting a really, really good quality zinc supplement. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of other herbs that I love and, yeah, well, when I was creating Sisterhood Tea, what I started, the reason, one of the reasons I started was because I was taking spearmint tea all the time and Mm -hmm. then I had all these other herbs and it was just becoming so much to mix. But the ones that my naturopath really recommended to help with testosterone were alfalfa, spearmint, nettle and cinnamon because they all do different things, but you're, mm. the, you know, cinnamon's really great for blood sugar regulation. The nettle and alfalfa are really great for detoxification. Spearmint's obviously great for reducing testosterone. So those, but together they work really well to help overall, particularly when you've um, got elevated androgens. Mm. Um, another one which we didn't mention was saw palmetto. I actually took this for a little while and didn't see much of a result. However, it is one that my naturopath suggested. Again, it's another one of those ones that you're going to want to get through a practitioner. You don't really want to be taking um, by yourself because you need different quantities of that, depending mm-hmm. on what it is that you're treating. Um, and then a big one was omega-3 as well. So mm-hmm. get yourself a really good, quite um, high quality omega-3 because again, it's really great for reducing inflammation. You're going to get all your good fatty acids. And did you say vitamin D? No, I didn't. 
when you were talking. No. So vitamin D can be a really good one as well for helping with high androgens too. So an overall hormone balance. Um, vitamin D, you can take it as a supplement. You can also get it free from the sun. So <laughs> making sure you get, you know, your daily dose of the sunshine vitamin. Um, they're, they're my main ones. You mentioned berberine, didn't you? So yeah. that's another one. I think, honestly, I think we're really on the same page with what we would take herbal wise. Mm. I it's it's one of those tricky ones, like you said, like we never want to say go and have these Mm-mm. because it's very individualized mm-hmm. what you should and shouldn't be taking. However, at the same time, it's so great to know about because you yes. can go and do some research. See what you think. See if any of them are resonating with you. Some of them are readily available and you can get from health food stores, from pharmacies. Teas are obviously really, really accessible to get. And then some of them are going to be a bit harder and you will probably need to go see a practitioner for. But that's great because then you're going to get all this extra support as well. So Mm. uh, I, I think find out, do some research, find out what's right for you. Um, and hopefully between all these things that we've spoken about, you will start to see a decrease in those androgens um, and, you know, those symptoms that you're experiencing. And I know that that's definitely the case for me. It didn't happen overnight. Like I will be really upfront about that. Mm. I suffered really badly from symptoms of having high androgens. And I think that they were the ones that took the longest to recover, particularly things like hair loss. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, that doesn't even happen, you know, in months. That, well, it happens in months, but for me, it was really a year until I started to get some really great results. Cause not only do you have to stop the hair loss, you then have to have the regrowth happen. Mm, So it's a, it's a quite a process that happens there. Acne, I did start to see improvements quite quickly, which was fantastic because that was something that really plagued me. So, but again, it's what you start to see. This is what I personally found was by reducing the inflammation, you might still have some of the acne, but what you're not getting is the big red welts around the acne. Like mm. this is what I found. So that, so you might still have the little whiteheads that pop up, but it doesn't have this huge inflammation around it, which is mm. not only causing you pain, but makes it so much more visibly obvious. Mm. And it makes me a lot more conscious of it as well. Mm. So that's, yeah, something that I, I found happened quite quickly was the inflammation started to go down. And then over time, the acne would go as well. So there's a lot going on here. This is a, a big topic to cover. Yeah. But hopefully this has given you guys a couple of tips, a couple of tricks mm. to go away and maybe start implementing some of them. And a lot of them are free, like we said, so or, or in, inexpensive. Mm. And they're things that you can start doing literally today. So hopefully... Hopefully you can do some of these and uh, report back to us and let us know how you go. (laughs) Yes, definitely do that. That's our favourite bit. (laughs) But I I think, yeah, it's like you say, I think so many of us when we start our journeys or even well into our journeys, we just don't realise how many options there are and that's what we're really trying to convey to you guys is like we just rattled off like, gosh, at least 10 different things that can be done to help with this. It's not – and yet – because so many women I know when they get in touch with me, they're just, they're at this point where they're like, I've got all these symptoms, but I don't know what to do about it. I don't know where to start. I don't know. And I think it's just really comforting to know, like you have options. And even if one thing doesn't work, well, mm. hey, look how many other options you have. And I, I mean, that's how I've approached that fertility guide too, that I wrote is it's more just, it's so much about being like, hey, look, there's all these options that probably most of your doctors aren't telling you about. And so find comfort in that and then go find a practitioner to help you like do some of those options. Because I mean, every single one of the things we just listed is not something a GP would tell you. Like they're they're not pharmaceuticals. So yeah, if all you've done is- Except maybe zinc. Oh yeah, true. (laughs) So true. But again, I don't even know if a doctor would recommend zinc if they haven't tested you for low zinc. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, yes, find comfort in the fact that you've got lots of options and you can go and have a chat to someone about them. 
Mm. Chat to us. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't yeah. Chat and then definitely post. We're not professionals. <laughs> definitely come post in our Facebook group. Yes. Tell us how you're going. Like we love, yeah. love, love seeing love where hearing. you're at, hearing your progress. Or tell us what you've tried. Like yes. what have you done that's worked? Like that we love hearing that stuff. And yeah. also, it's so helpful for everyone else as well. Exactly. Because, like we said, these are just things that we have done or read information up on and thought that sounds, you know, really helpful. But we love hearing firsthand what is working for other people. So please feel free to reach out and tell us what you're doing and share it with the community. Absolutely. And we're all just here to help each other at the end of the day. That's yeah. that's realistically what this whole thing is about. And Bridget and I are still learning too. Like we're always learning new stuff. So and always. So we love hearing from you guys. And like, like sometimes there's posts in our Facebook group and I might see them a day later or something. And by the time I look at it, like there's been all these wonderful responses already from other members of the group. And it's like, cool, like guys are just all helping each other and it's just amazing. So yeah. Def- You're all over it. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, on that note, yes. come and join our Facebook group yes, if you haven't already. Definitely. I still can't work out how to get notifications in there or get into it. I know. So I- that is a big issue, <laughs> but I'm working on it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we need to talk about that. <laughs> we need to sort that out. I know. We need to sort that out, which we will. But um, we are both in there. Mel is a lot more active in it than I am, but I'm I'm working on it, guys. Otherwise, head over to our Instagrams mm-hmm. because we are very, very active on our Instagrams. Mine is PCOS underscore two underscore wellness. Mel's is PCOS pathways. Mm-hmm. And we also have our own Instagram, which is the PCOS girls. So between the three of those Instagram accounts, somebody will chat with you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And you know what? Like we're in our second season. This is all still super fresh for us though. We've got, you know, lots of ideas for going forward. But if you guys want to tell us what you want from this, like please do. We love getting that kind of um, insight because it helps us to create a direction for our podcast. So if there's anything that you guys want to see us do or create or talk about, like please do let us know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Holla. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh also, 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 yes. I feel weird asking, mm-hmm. but can you guys leave a review? <laughs> because yes. I don't know why. I don't know why everyone says you leave a review, but I know it definitely helps. It does. In some ways, like, does something. And I think it helps boost our, I think it helps boost the podcasts that have good rating yes. to be visible to more people. Yes. Is that, I think, am I on the right path Yeah, I, I okay. definitely think that's, that's what it is. Yeah, we absolutely love receiving the reviews. Like every time, like I get a little notification if someone leaves a review and I always screenshot it and send it to Bridget like, ah! Send it to me. <laughs> and then we both have a little like screaming match of how excited we are yes. about the good reviews. <laughs> It really means a lot to us. I do the same really if I does. get a little um, message or if there's a comment that's really sweet. I send it to Bridget like, ah. <laughs> um, but the Look reviews just really, really help us. So, yes. I think you have to subscribe though. I don't really, because everyone's like, really? you know, subscribe and send a review okay. or leave a review. Yes. I think you have to do both. Look, I don't know, but just. Help us sister out yes, and do both <laughs> because it's great for us. And hopefully that just means we can keep doing this for a bit longer because, mm. as you guys know, this is a love job for us. We just yep. freaking love talking about everything to do with PCOS. So <laughs> help us out. Leave us a review. Subscribe. Join our community. Um, be our best friend. Hang out with us forever. We love you guys. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>